Jesus' most, uh, most famous sermon was a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's incredible. In that sermon, he talks about so many different things and the ways that we're to live as believers. But he says three things in the Sermon of the, on the Mount that will have a reward attached to them. And he doesn't say if you do these things. He says when you do these things. And I believe it's, it's, it's Jesus giving us really a secret to what it looks like to live this life for God and have some breakthrough moments in our lives. I don't want to be the same person at the beginning of 2019 that I am at the beginning of 2018. I want to see God progress and move forward and do great things in my life. And I want to have a breakthrough in my life. I don't want to be the same person at the same level of spiritual maturity. I want to keep growing in my walk with God. And I want to give you just three things that Jesus teaches us, talks to us about, that will be breakthrough, uh, really, really things that will bring about a breakthrough in our lives. And the truth is, every one of these could bring a breakthrough. But when you put these together, this is like a threefold cord that something's going to happen whenever you get this together. So, so let's look. I, I put this in your notes. I want this to be practical. I want this to be something that we remember. We're entering into 21 days of prayer and fasting this Sunday. So I just want to kind of prepare us for that. Before we get into the Word, let's, let, why don't we just pray and ask God to speak to us uh, tonight from His Word. And I know God can do more in a moment than I could do in a whole lifetime of preaching. So let's just pray and ask, ask God to, to move in our hearts. Father, would you come in this place and would you, would you help us? Would you, would you strengthen us? Would you help us to understand your word? Holy Spirit, give us direction, guidance. God, would you speak more than what, I've, what I could ever say in, a, in my whole life, God, in this moment? God, would you speak to us as we study your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Here's, here's the first key to a breakthrough in our life is simply this, fasting. Three keys to a breakthrough. The first one is fasting. Fasting is a key. To break through. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 16. It says, and when you fast, I want to just kind of take your attention to that. He didn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. It's as if Jesus was assuming that this would be part of the journey. And he gives us some instruction about fast. I love this. I love, I love that Jesus was, he, he, he was not uh, complimentary of all the religious people of the day. Uh, he, he, was, he was so different and he brought such a fresh uh, take to, to what it mean, means to truly have a walk with God. He says, when you fast, don't make it obvious like the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. He says, I tell you the truth, that's the only reward that they'll ever get. But when you fast, there it is again, when you fast, this is part of your life. Comb your hair and wash your face. That's somebody's life verse right there. Comb your hair, wash that face. It says, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus is showing us about a private discipline that will bring about a public change. Jesus is showing a private discipline that will bring about public favor in our life and bring about a breakthrough. Notice, he says, the father will see in secret. Your father who sees everything will reward you. So there's a reward that comes from God when we fast. Not if we fast, not just if we fast. And say, well, if you kind of want, no, he says, this is part of our journey. This is part of what we do, and I will reward you. So fasting, just the word fasting freaks me out a little bit. 
Just, I heard about one preacher that was shopping at Walmart in the middle of a 21-day fast, and he was four or five days in, and he was shopping, and he heard over the loudspeaker, he said, there are, someone said, attention Walmart shoppers, there are hot biscuits in the garden department. I repeat, there are hot biscuits in the garden department. And he was fasting, but he said, Lord, you speak in my love language, hot biscuits. So he said, well, so he said he went all the way to the garden department. He said, okay, sir, I'm here for the hot biscuits. And he said, sir, what are you talking about? He said, I heard over the loudspeaker, somebody said there's hot biscuits in the garden department. He says, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. He said, they, we said there's hibiscus in the garden department. <laughs> Fasting will make anything sound like food. <laughs> What's the deal with this fasting? What, what, what is it? There's all kinds of misunderstanding. This is not in your notes. But I just want to talk a little about what fasting is not. Fasting is not penance. Fasting is not penance. This isn't in your notes. If you're taking extra notes, go ahead. But simply this, that, that, that it's not us making ourselves hurt so that God will be pleased with us. Absolutely. That's not what it is. It's not like we're whipping ourselves to get God to love us. That, that we're, we're just trying to do whatever we can do. And that kind of goes into the second thing. Fasting is not getting God to love you. God doesn't love you any more or any less if you fast or if you pray or if you go to China and win the entire nation of China to the Lord. He doesn't love you any more or less because his love for you has nothing to do with what you do. It's who you are. Parents in the house, you understand this, that, that your kids are not always happy about what they do, but, but nothing could change their, the love that you have for them. From the moment they're born, when they've done absolutely nothing but cost you lots of money and... and, and, and be really messy. You love them just as much in that moment as every other moment of their life. Because fasting, I just want to make it clear, this is not something, it's some requirement for you to be saved or for something that's going to, God's not going to love you if you don't live some you know, life of fasting. And so many of us live in a guilt and shame mentality where we don't think that we ever do enough for God. And we're always trying to pay God for everything that he does. And here's the reality, you'll never pay God for what all he's done. And that's what grace is all about. Grace is the understanding of how good God has been to us. And then fasting and prayer and, and every other aspect of our walk with God. Man, it's something we, didn't, we don't have to do it. We get to do it. You know, whenever you owe somebody something, whenever, whenever there's, a, there's a debt, you, 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 you don't get excited about that relationship. You know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've never got a letter from LCUB saying, Dear Brandon, Thank you for your recent payment. It was a day early, and we just wanted to say, you didn't have to do that, but you did. <laughs> no. Why? Because I owe them. That's, that's the relationship. And a lot of us, the reason why we don't have an intimacy with God is because we think we're just paying a bill to God. We just think we're just paying, well, I'm, I paid my tithes, God, what else do you want for me? I come to church, God, what else do you want from me? And God says, no, 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 the debt's paid. Like, it's, it's all paid. There's nothing more to pay. It's a relationship that you have now. That's what God wants to do. And fasting, here's the third thing. Fasting is not twisting God's arm. And, and I, I've met people like that. I've, I've, I've had seasons in my life like this. Okay, God, I want you to do something, so I'm going to twist your arm. You couldn't twist God's arm if you had to. 
On your best day, you couldn't twist. You could fast till you die. It would not twist God's arm at all. He has existed before eternity. He's, he's going to be fine with or without your fasting. This is not twisting God's arm. And here's the fourth thing. Fasting is not a diet. And we all get excited about this. 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've done eight all Christmas long. And it's time to get my Jesus diet on. I'm excited about that. But fasting is not a diet. Fasting... You know, a, a diet, here's the, here, here's the difference. Here's the difference. And, 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 and I, one of the awesome benefits of fasting is our health. And it's, it's amazing um, how, I mean, scientists um, and nutritionists consistently talk about the benefits of doing what God forever has said. This is part of the life of a believer. So, but, but, but the reality is, is that a diet will change the way you look, but a fast will change the way that you see. That's the difference. A diet, if, if, if all the fast is for you is just a diet because you're the most excited thing you are is being able to get new clothes or be able to fit in your clothes or whatever the, the goal is for you, um, if that's the whole goal, then that, that, it's great. You're going to change the way you look. But if you'll fast unto the Lord, it'll change the way that you see. It'll change your perspective. See, fasting and prayer and all we're talking about tonight is not as much about trying to change God or trying to change the circumstance, but as much as God trying to change us, helping us to see from his perspective. So, so what is fasting? Why would we fast? Here's, here's, this is in your notes. We fast for direction. I've never had a significant season of fasting in my life where I did not get direction from God. This church, the, the vision to move here to Knoxville, whenever I've... If you've come through Next Steps, you've heard mine and my wife's story. But I'd taken a day to fast. It was a day of fasting. And just an ordinary day, I'd went to the church that I was working at in Orlando. And I'd just taken, instead of going to lunch with the staff, I'd just taken a day. And we had, I just went to our chapel. And I was praying. And I was fasting. And, and God gave me direction and spoke to my heart about Knoxville, Tennessee, while I was living in uh, the Orlando, Florida area. And, and I just want to say, when you fast, you're going to receive direction from God. That when you fast, God's going to speak to you about direction for your life. And I don't know if you need direction. I, I need direction. We all need direction, different seasons of our lives, sometimes greater. And I just want to encourage you, when, when you fast, God will speak to you about what to do. It's a, The clarity comes when you fast. And I, I think it's such a tragedy that a lot of these things um, are, are missed in the body of Christ today because it's, it's, a, it's a sacrifice. This, this is a sacrifice. When we, when we make a sacrifice, it, 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 it not just changes the way we look, it changes what we see. And you owe it to yourself to just give it a try. God will give you mighty direction. Here's the second thing. Uh, we, we fast because of devotion. Devotion. Fasting is not, a, um, not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. It's, it's just an invitation. God doesn't you know, put you know, his thumb down and strong arm us into fasting. He, he essentially, it's just an invitation to a deeper relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but I want a deeper relationship with God. I, I, I want to grow in my intimacy and my walk with Him. And when you fast, there's, there's something about the devotion of fasting. It's not penance, again. It's not trying to get God to love me, but it's, it's something about when you silence the voice of your hunger, and it, that voice will be there, everybody. It will be crying out loud. But when, when, when you say to your body, body, you're going to take a secondary seat to my desire after God, it begins to change you. It's an invitation 
to a deeper relationship and deeper walk with God, which we all are hungry for and desire for. And the third, third thing is fasting is desperation. I don't know if you've ever been um, in a season of your life or maybe you got a phone call of someone that was in the hospital or something. In those moments of desperation, what's the last thing that you want to go do? It's, you, none of us rush out to say, okay, you know, I just got some terrible news. Let's run before we go to the ER. Let's run and get some food. I'm hungry. No, there, there, a desperation in us, uh, it causes us to fast. I mean, we, will, we won't even think about it. And, and, and when we fast, there's a level of desperation that happens in our walk with God. And my encouragement to you is simply this. Let's not wait till we get in those desperate moments before we get desperate for God. Let's, fasting kind of takes it to that place. It, and I just want this so bad for everybody in this place. I want it so bad because when you fast, when I've been just kind of mentally this week, just kind of preparing for this and eating everything that, that I've thought of. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be fasting, so I'll go do that. And as I'm just kind of mentally preparing for this, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that dependence, that desperation that you feel in those moments with the Lord. It's, it's, I want you to feel this is awesome. Here's, here's, uh, here's some, some things about fasting, some different types of fast, not in your notes. But, but uh, the first kind of fast is a complete fast. This is a, what a lot of people would call like a water-only fast. And uh, like I said, starting Sunday, we're going to be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. So you can do it however, however you want to. There's all kinds of different ways to do it. My goal and at the church, we've never kind of mandated a certain way to fast. We just encourage you to work, do what works for you. And this will not kill you. It's, it's, not, it's not fun. But there's, there's a clarity that comes in a, in a complete fast. And some people may do that for a day or do that for two days. Some people do it for the whole 21 days. Some people do it for seven days. Whatever. It's just a complete fast. Here's the next one is a partial fast. And that just is what it sounds like that that this could be a myriad of ways some people they'll fast during a de- during the day and they'll eat in the morning and at, at night or some people will fast uh, a certain um, you know a certain uh, a certain day of the week or a certain type of food necessarily or um, they'll they'll just they'll do it in a partial way and so it, it can really be whatever you make it when you can make you can make it but the the goal is that it would be something that would truly be a sacrifice for you. So like fasting, uh, you know, broccoli and cauliflower and all, you know, it's like if you were my kids, that's what they'd want to fast. But, but that's, unless that's like your food, like that probably is not going to uh, do, uh, do what it is. So, so here's, a, and here's the third thing, like a Daniel fast. This is kind of a part of a partial fast. A Daniel fast is something that's has become really popular, but it's essentially just a, um, uh, it's resisting meat, uh, essentially. And you can go all onto it on, on cityhills.com uh, forward slash 21 days, just on our church homepage. We have all kinds of articles and websites you can look at and sermons you can listen to. There's all kinds of different things, and you can just do a Google search and find all the different ways to fast. And um, this is usually what my wife and I do a variation of this, and it's it's just a it's it's just a, a good way to refocus to recalibrate and then uh, the fourth way this is like a soul fast or uh, this was you know the word fast actually is dealing with food but but I I, I think I think sometimes for us the media that we watch um, the 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 act, our activity online social media all these things can become a very much a distraction from us hearing the voice of God I'll say that in my life it's so easy to just kind of get distracted. 
with these things. And uh, I would encourage you, no matter if you do all these or not, but I would, I, would, I would absolutely encourage this to be part of it, where you would find some way to restrict what you're listening to, what you're seeing, what you're letting into your mind. Uh, pick up a good book. Pick up the scripture. Uh, allow allow a God to just speak in the middle of this season. Okay, awesome. Here's, here's, here's the next thing. So he said, first of all, when you fast, this is something that we do. That's, that's going to bring a breakthrough in your life. Here's the second one, prayer. Three keys to a breakthrough. Prayer, prayer. So fasting, when you fast, and then secondly, prayer, when you pray. See, watch what he says. Next verse, when you pray, again, not if you pray, but when you pray, it says don't I love this. This is the message paraphrase. Don't turn that into some theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers hoping for stardom. Do you think God's sitting in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. And then he goes into what we call the Lord's Prayer. So the first thing he said, when you fast, that's going to bring a breakthrough in your life. The second thing is when you pray, that this is part of our walk with God, this, this prayer life. And I love how that paraphrase puts it because it makes it so simple. Prayer can, can sometimes become something so complicated in our minds. Here's some things about prayer if you're taking notes. Prayer is never meant to be formal. formal. Prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Prayer is not something whenever uh, you Think about coming to 21 days of prayer like, okay, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't speak like King James old English. I'm not, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. The reality is prayer was never meant to be some formal thing that you did. I, I was in, in kind of preparing for this season. I, I try to fill my mind with just different sermons and things about prayer. And I was amazed as I would listen to messages that dealt with prayer. And it was all about some kind of way to pray in some certain thing, say some certain, some certain kind of magic formula, and then God's going to magically kind of drip down everything that you ask for. It's like you crack some kind of code from heaven if you just do this one formal thing or this one way. And I thought, what a tragedy if, if my kids kids were coming to me and they thought they just had to work it just the right way to get me to do something for them. What a tragedy instead of understanding that prayer is this personal walk that you can have with Jesus where you just right where you are, tell God what you have need of, tell God where you're at, ask for his help, ask for his blessing. When we start 21 days of prayer or when you pray tonight before you go to bed, just Empty your heart before God. Here's the reality is this. If you're taking notes, prayer is not about having the right words. Prayer is about having the right heart. Prayer is about having the right heart after God. Prayer is about being, being honest and being real and saying, God, I need you desperately. I'm not trying to put on some kind of a show, God. I'm not trying to, trying to impress you. You already know what I have need. I'm dealing with my father here. 
And we're going to talk all about the Lord's Prayer during 21 days of prayer. We're going to, every, every morning, what we do is when you come in at 6 a.m. or if you watch online, you can go at City Hills, to, to cityhills.com or on our mobile app, and you can watch the prayer service is live, and so I know many, many come in the mornings, and I know it with, whether it's for your schedule, maybe you're traveling for work already, or you have kids at home, we have so many that join us online, and what we do, we start with someone teaching about prayer. So if you're kind of new to this whole prayer thing, I promise it's going to be something, you're going to get something from it every day. Like you're going to hear about the Lord's Prayer and how to pray that. You're going to hear about things like how to pray the full armor of God on your life. You're going to hear about how to pray through the tabernacle. All these are kind of some, some just big ideas about prayer. And the cool thing about 21 days of prayer is that you're going to, every morning, you're going to learn something from the scripture about prayer. And then we're going to actually do it. And we're going to pray through these things together. We're going to worship together. We'll have a live band every morning. And then we're also going to just pray kind of individually. Then we'll all come together and pray. But it, we will from six and we will end at seven on the dot so that you can get where you need to go. But the reality is, is that, that, that no matter where you are, maybe you've been serving God your whole life, maybe you're just a brand new believer, jump in. Because it's not about saying the right things or impressing God, it's about the right heart. And this isn't in your notes, but here's another thing. Prayer is not passive. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is not uh, something that's just uh, passive, like it's not just a quiet time. There's nothing wrong with a quiet time. I, I need that to still myself. But, but prayer, I, I think sometimes the idea of quiet time gives this kind of serenity only where we just, we're just kind of there and there's nothing really going on. It's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're just kind of along with, we're just in the flow and along. And that's wonderful and great and that's part of prayer. But there's another aspect of prayer that there is power when we pray. There's authority that we have in the name of Jesus when we pray. That we can literally do warfare against the enemy in prayer. Sometimes we think because we don't think about the enemy that we don't have an enemy. <laughs> Some people say, well, I don't, really just, I don't really deal with the devil. I just don't think about him. Well, I'll tell you this. If you're not thinking about him, he sure is thinking about you. And so when we pray, we take authority over the, the things that are trying to hurt our family. Do you think you're just fighting with your spouse or you're just fight that your coworker just happens to be upset at you? No. There, I believe that the enemy, he, can, he uses people to try to hurt his people and to try to thwart the plan of God in the world. So when we put on the full armor of God, that's why it's called armor, because it, we are in a battle and in a fight. And, and, and I love the idea of coming in the morning and putting our battle gear on so that we can go out and make a difference for God. How would we do if, what would it be like if we went into war and had no weapons on? How many days do we walk into our world weaponless? Because we haven't put on the armor of God through prayer. So during 21 days of prayer, we're going to put some weapons on and we're going to see God do powerful things. Here's one of my favorite scriptures from James 5. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I, 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 in other words, this is not just a passive thing, that there's power that takes place. And it gives the example of Elijah, which as you remember in the Old Testament, when Elijah prayed, literally fire came down from heaven. So it's like the most awesome prayer, like, like yeah, that was me, like that, that was, that was all, like the most amazing prayer that God used a guy, God chose that guy and said, hey, just like he called down fire from heaven, he was just as human as we are. In other words, it's not about the person, it's about the God that we pray to. 
And when we pray, there is, there is might. When we pray, it's effective. When we pray, God does mighty, mighty things. And my, my screen has decided to backslide on me again. There we go. So if you have notes, so we're talking about prayer. Here, here's one of the things that Jesus says. See, this is a good thing to have a binder, right? Amen. Matthew chapter 7, if you turn your notes over. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 14 says this, that when they had come to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. So this man comes to Jesus. He had a need in his family. His son was suffering from seizures. says he often falls in the fire into the water. And watch this. He said, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. It says, and watch what Jesus says. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Very kind and sweet words, right? <laughs> Jesus said, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then he goes on and he heals the boy. And when it's all said and done, the disciples are saying, what in the world was that, Jesus? What just happened? And then Jesus gives them this revelation about what it means to have a breakthrough. And he says in verse 21, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, their issues were this. He said, you're faithless and you're unbelieving. Faithless and unbelieving. Can you say those two words with me? Faithless and unbelieving. Faithless means you're not connected enough to God. You don't have enough faith. You're not connected enough. Unbelieving uh, means you're too connected to the world. <laughs> you're, 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 faith- oh, you're perverse. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're faithless and you're perverse. Perverse means you're too connected to the world. So Jesus said, hey, here's why the breakthrough didn't happen. You guys are not connected enough to, the, to God, and you're way too connected to the world. And I think in my life, whenever I miss out on the breakthrough that God has, I think a lot of time it's because I haven't taken, I'm not connected enough to God, and I'm too connected to the world. So Jesus' remedy is simply this, and if you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. So he said, you're faithless. Okay, you need some faith. Man, let's get in the prayer closet. Let's get in 21 days of prayer, and you're going to be filled with faith. I promise you, when you come here in the mornings or whenever you watch online, you're going to be filled to the brim full of faith because you have woke up. And it is cold and it is dark and you are making a sacrifice and you come in here wide awake. Never one time have I ever talked to anyone that's been a part of 21 days of prayer where they said, well, you know, I kind of wish I would have stayed in bed. No, every time we make the sacrifice to come or to wake up or to be there in our kitchen table or wherever we are, God meets us there because when we connect to him, our faith rises. Amen. And the second thing is fasting disconnects us from the world. So prayer and fasting is like a one-two punch because when we pray, we're getting connected to God. And then whenever we fast, whether it's media or or food or complete fast or partial fast or Daniel fast, we're we're, we're telling our flesh, we're telling our, we're, we're saying, hey, take a back seat. And then at the same time, we're praying and God's connecting us. That's why there's power in prayer and fasting. Here's the third thing. This is something that, that Jesus said that I think many times it's forgotten. And as I was preparing this, God just really brought to my mind how all these three things work together and work together just in my just personal life and walk with God. And I think it's the same in all of us. The third thing is simply this giving. Number three is the word giving. So the three things for a breakthrough from Matthew chapter 6 is when you fast, secondly, when you pray, and thirdly, 
when you give. When you give. Watch what he says. Matthew 6 verse 2. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward that they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will do what? Reward you. So when you pray, God will reward you. When you fast, God will reward you. And thirdly, when you give, God will reward you. And I think when we step into seasons like 21 days of prayer, God's going to bring some supernatural opportunities before each and every one of us, opportunities to be able to give. And I don't mean giving like tithes and offering in church, and that's a wonderful thing. I pray you do that. That's the training wheels of giving. The tithe, just a being a percentage giver. Tithe literally means tenth. That, that is just the training wheels, and that's not what I'm really talking about today because uh, Jesus is specifically talking about giving to people in need. And what I found, whenever I step into 21 days of prayer, God many times exposes me, and maybe it's just because I'm more sensitive to it, I get exposed to different needs around me. And when you give, God will do supernatural breakthroughs when you do the thing that God's put in you, opportunities to be able to do it. The first time we did 21 days of prayer here, I don't know that I've ever told this story um, publicly. Uh, some of you can correct me if, if, if not, but I just really felt to, to tell this. We, when we did our first time of 21 days of prayer, it was before the church started. It was August of 2015. And we were praying, we were, we were doing some fasting, and we, I had, in the process of all that, we were buying equipment for the school, West Valley Middle School, that we were going to be renting for church. And, you know, you get on Facebook and Instagram, and you start looking, what are other churches doing? And I just happened to um, go through my feed, and I saw, this, um, I saw this building that they had this massive screen, like, much like that, behind the speaker. And I, because of the school we were at, the ceiling was very low. And I knew if we were going to have a screen, we were going to have to do that. So I, I didn't know anything about this person. I, had, I was not following. I think I was just on some hashtag or something about church. Uh, and, and I just called this person randomly on the phone to ask them what projector, very spiritual question, what projector that they use for their multimedia at church on Sunday. Welcome to a pastor's life, everybody. <laughs> very exciting. So... Um, I said, you know, man, what projector? So he was just telling me all about this. And in the middle of that conversation, it's like his voice like got really low. Like while he was talking, it became like Charlie Brown. I was like, wah, 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 wah. And I felt like the Lord told me, give him your car. And I was like, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> and wah, wah. And, <laughs> or, and, and so, so we got off the phone and... For just I, I honestly, for, for two weeks, tried to forget about that situation. You're a very spiritual pastor, everybody, you know. I tried to totally forget about it. And I was like, Lord, you know, all these things with the church plant and all these things are happening. And it was the last week of that, last week of that fast um, that um, we were praying and someone walked up to me that was part of the church and just gave, just, just said just kind of a word of encouragement to me. About man, God's going to do great things. Something, and it just convicted me to my to my core because that word that I felt like God told me to give him a vehicle that we had, we had an extra vehicle at the time, and I felt like we were supposed to give that to him. So I just I told my wife about it, and I just made the phone call, and 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 anyways, 
he came down. He was from Wisconsin. He came down and, uh, and got the car. And whenever he got the car, um, he said, what do you need prayer for? What do you need? Because the church was just about to start. And I remember sitting at our dinner table, Kara just crying because we did not have kids workers to start the church with. All the people on the launch team, they weren't interested in working with kids. And we, we had this vision of this vibrant kids ministry and all these things that God was going to do. And we had, you know, had faith and seen it and prayed and all these things. And I just remember crying, her crying, saying, we don't have anybody to, to, to do kids ministry. We don't, we don't want to just have people watching kids. We want kids ministry. And that we don't, that's, that's not there. And, and I remember at our dinner table, him, that pastor from Wisconsin, Come and holding our hands, and we sit there and we prayed and we believed that God would do a miracle and bring something. And we didn't know what was going to happen. And it was just the next week, we received a uh, we received a message from a girl that was in a Bible college in Birmingham, Alabama, and she said, "I was on Instagram. There you go, God using. I was on Instagram and I was looking through a hashtag 21 days of prayer, and I saw that I saw that you all were having 21 days of prayer, and then I saw where it was. I'm from the Knoxville area, and would you be would it be okay if I brought a bunch of my college friends to come and to help work so that church could help on launch day whenever that church gets started? And uh, we were like." I just remember reading it. We were just crying. We were like, absolutely. Yes, you can. Can you come tomorrow? <laughs> we knew nothing about this, this person, this, this girl. And it ended up, when they came, brought people with them, and ended up being Kaylin, which is now our children's pastor today. Yeah. But I said all that to say this. I believe that gift was part of that. I believe, not that... We paid for whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying when you give, there's a breakthrough that takes place when you do it, what God puts in your heart to do. And I mean, you got to give the car away, whatever. It, was, it wasn't that incredible anyway. But the point was just being obedient. The point was being obedient. Nothing about me. Here's some, here's, here's some, here's some truth about which I was. It's not there. We're going to pray for that <laughs> disobedient TV. Here we go. Here's, the first, here's three things and we'll be out of here. We do not give to get. We give to give. Sounds like an oxymoron, right? We don't give to get, we give to give. In other words, we don't give in this season because we're, we're, we're trying to pay God off or we're trying to get something from Him. No, I, 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 we, weren't, we didn't make the gift that we made in stipulation that they pray a blessing over our children's ministry. That was, that was not the purpose. We just give and, and God does what He does. And we give because it's just a privilege to give. And here's the deal. It doesn't even mean money. This could be your time. This could be your just, this could be a neighbor that God puts on your heart to go sit with them and to bake them cookies. This could be a myriad of things, your time, your talent, your treasure. This could, this could be anything. But the reality is during this season, church, God's going to speak to you. And if you obey and you give what he's calling you to give, he's never going to ask you to give something you don't have or you can't give. But we just, when you give whatever you have to give, God will bless you and will bring breakthrough in your life. Here's the second thing. When I give, I sow a seed. When I give, I sow a seed. So powerful. We think when we give, 
when we give our time, when we give our money, when we give our resources, when we give our whatever vehicle, when we give our home, when we give whatever it is that God puts on our heart, when we give that thing, many times we think, oh, when I give it, I don't have that anymore. When I give it, it's gone. But here's the truth, and here's the third thing. This is so powerful. What I give is not gone. It may leave my hand, but it does not leave my life. When you give your time for yourself, it's gone. When you give your money for yourself, it's gone. That's fine. It's gone. But when you give in obedience to God, when you give to the things that God's calling you to or drawing you to, I promise you this, that it's not gone. It may leave your hand, but it's a seed in the ground. If I had a if I had if I had a, a bunch of fruit in up here on stage with me, if I were to eat the fruit, it would be gone. But if I were to plant the fruit, it would produce and multiply. That that one apple, if I eat it, it's one apple. But if I plant it, it's an orchard in due season. And I just want to encourage you: let's pray, let's fast, and let's give. Let's pray, let's fast, and let's give. Let's pray, let's fast, and let's give. And I believe it'll bring a breakthrough in our lives, without a doubt. It's brought a breakthrough in my life, and I believe in praying and trusting for a breakthrough in 2018 as well. But here's the reality. God's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with your family. He's not finished with my family. It's available, but it's not automatic. It's available, but it's not automatic. So I just want to just as a, you guys are first Wednesday crowd, you're amazing. This is the heart and soul of City Hills Church. You are amazing, amazing people. And if I could just as a friend, let's, let's go there together. Let's see God do breakthroughs. You're going to hear a story on Sunday of someone who saw a breakthrough in 21 days of prayer last year. And I believe there's many, many more to come. So here's what I want us to do. And maybe all of us are kind of not there mentally right now, but I think a few of us are. On your paper there, I I want us, before we leave today, I want you to write down what you are expecting, what you need a breakthrough in. What area of your life, you don't have to show it to anybody. You can write it and mark it out and fold it up. You can do whatever you want to with it. But I want us together to put something down that we're expecting a breakthrough in, that we're looking for a breakthrough in. And we're just going to trust that God's going to do what he and only he can do in our lives. We're going to seek after him. I don't want to be the same person. I want to keep growing. I want to keep progressing in what God's called me to do. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for amazing people, City Hills, guests that are with us tonight. Lord, just bless everyone that's taken their uh, time here on a Wednesday night to come here. Lord, you give us things that are so simple to do but many times we just miss it I miss it in the busyness of life and and, in kind of the hustle and bustle Lord I I can get focused on my goals instead of focused on you changing me and so Lord would you help me to fast (laughs) help me to pray and Lord help me to give Father I'm excited about this season and what you're going to do in my life and my heart I just pray that you would help us together to prepare to step into what you're calling us to, God. 
to be a church on our knees, seeking after your face, to be families on our knees, to be marriages in this house. Lord, let college students, high school students, middle school students, God, young adults, Lord, we're, we're not going to face this on our own. God, we're going to seek after you like never before in this new year. We're going to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can we stand to our feet all over the house? We're going to sing this song one more time. What a beautiful name it is. As we do, whatever that is that you need a breakthrough in, just go ahead and lift it up to God. Maybe you're a couple in the house. Just grab the hand of that person next to you. We can all do this. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Just lift it up. We're going to believe for a breakthrough together, that we're not going to do this alone, but we're going to stand together and we're going to seek after God. Let's just worship before we leave this place tonight. In Jesus' name.